Certainly count it a blessing and privilege to be with you this morning. Once again, trust the Lord to bless us in our time as we try to study a few things in God's Word this morning. Uh, if you would turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I'd like to deal with a verse of Scripture that sometimes is could be a stumbling block um, to get people off track. <clears throat> and I'd... Uh, <clears throat> Concerning the resurrection of the dead. You know, there's a, uh, <clears throat> in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we find one of the errors of that church. There's many errors as you read through the book of Corinthians. They had in it some among them which were saying that there is no resurrection of the dead. And we see that in 1 Corinthians 15. Verse 12, Paul says, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? And he goes on and he uh, explains that if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ isn't risen. You're yet in your sins. And I mean, what are, you, what are we here for? Might as well eat and drink for tomorrow we die. And, and you know, there's no salvation or anything if Christ didn't come out of the grave. Alright, so, um, but there's a verse as he explains the uh, manner of the resurrection. He deals extensively with the resurrection in this chapter. I'd like to direct your attention this morning just to uh, verse, I'm just going to look at one verse here, verse 50. <clears throat> now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. So read that again. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. What are your bodies made of? Flesh and blood, bone, sinew. There are a lot of people who teach from this text that you're, they actually deny the resurrection of the body. Because this text says flesh and blood's not going to inherit the kingdom. So your fleshly body in which you live right now isn't going to make it to heaven. That's preached on different, by different ministries across the air waves. And it's from this idea that the flesh of man is so sinful, it's just flesh, it's going to stay uh, on this earth and it's never going to inhabit glory. Because, and that's taught. And it's taught regularly that in the resurrection you're actually given a different body. I've heard that, I don't know if you've heard any of that. You know, I'm going to get a new body as in a different body because this body of sinful flesh stays here on the earth and he gives me a New body. In other words, there's an exchange of the old body for a new body. And that's, it's a heavenly body made of heavenly substance. And that's the body we're going to have in glory. And they come to conclusions like that from a text like this. Because it does say, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Sounds like to me, flesh and blood's not going there. 
Even though I find way back in the book of Job 19, Job says in verse 25, I know that my Redeemer liveth, and he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth, and though after my skin worms destroy this my body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom mine own eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. Well, that would seem to be at odds with this text. Because he says, I in my flesh am going to see him. That hadn't happened yet, but it's going to. I want to affirm to you today that these bodies, these flesh and bone bodies that go into the ground, into the grave, will come out in the resurrection. And it's the same body that goes in that comes out. The same body that comes out is the one that goes in. But my friends, it is a changed body. It is a glorified body. It goes in corruptible, comes out, that same body comes out incorruptible. So what does this text mean? Well, this, this text says flesh and blood is not going to inherit the kingdom. I would submit to you that we have to, the answer's right here actually. But we have to rightly divide the word of truth. That's very important. First Timothy 2, 15. Study to show thyself approved. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. See, this may seem contradictory. <clears throat> what he's teaching here, let me just tell you, what he's teaching here is that, that flesh and blood in its natural state isn't going to make it. Because it doesn't go in its natural corrupt state. And the, the clue here is the rest of the verse. He says... <clears throat> This I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. This body's corruptible. Right. Well, so what's going to happen to this corruptible body? Let's just keep reading. He says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. What's raised incorruptible? The dead. What goes into the grave? The dead body. Do you know the only thing in the grave of man that's dead that goes into the grave is the body? And it comes out changed. In other words, it goes in, in, it goes incorruptible. And that corruptible flesh and blood is not going to inherit the kingdom. But an incorruptible flesh and blood will. Alright? So here's where we have to understand and rightly divide the scriptures. You know, this seems, but this seems like such an emphatic statement, right? Flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom. And people just say, well, you know, that's pretty emphatic right there. But we have to rightly divide the scriptures and understand he's talking about man in his natural state shall not inherit. And the Bible's full of examples of this principle where we have to rightly divide the word of truth. Uh, if we were, let's just look at a few examples. If we look at, um, uh, let's go to Romans chapter 3. <coughs> Pardon me. Romans chapter 3 verse 10. Let's just look, let's just compare some things. Uh, 
Romans chapter 3 and verse 10, he says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They're all together become unprofitable. There's none that doeth good. No, not one. All right, let's just look at a few things here. In Romans chapter 3, verse 10, it says, There is none righteous, no, not one. That says there's none righteous. Right? But does, wait a minute. I find in... James 5.16, it says the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Psalms 34.15 says the eyes of the Lord upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. 1 John 3.7 says he that doeth righteousness is righteous. What do you mean there's no righteousness? There's none for righteous. This text says there's none righteous. No, not one. Is the Bible contradicting itself? No. We have to rightly divide and understand. When here in this passage in Romans 3, he is telling us about the condition of humanity in its natural state, in its natural depraved state. In man's natural depraved state, there is none righteous, no, not one. But when God makes a change, there is such thing as a righteous man. 2 Peter 2.8 talks about Lot being a righteous man. For that righteous man dwelling among them vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds living down in Sodom. That says he was a righteous man. By nature, there's none righteous. But by grace, there are those that are righteous. See, we have to rightly... See, the Bible's not going to contradict itself. We have to understand what he's talking about. Man in his natural state is not righteous. There's none righteous. Jesus even said, uh, talks about, uh, he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Sounds like he used that three times. Says there's such a thing as a righteous man. But there's none righteous in his natural state. And flesh and blood in its natural state is not going to inherit. But when God makes a change, it's going to. Because it's not going to be corruptible anymore, it's going to be incorruptible. Right? There's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that, there's, there, he says, there's none that understandeth. None that understand by nature. But I find that through faith, it says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3, by, through faith we understand, we understand through faith that the world's refrained by the word of God. He spake it into existence and made it out of nothing. 1 John 5.20, God hath given us an understanding. Well, if God gives you understanding, you've got some. But it's not in a person by the state of nature. They have no spiritual understanding. But through a change, they can have understanding. There's none that seeketh after God. Well, by nature, the wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. Psalms 10.4 But there are those that seek God. The Lord is good unto them that wait for Him to the soul that seeketh Him. Lamentations 3.25 Sounds like some are seeking Him. The Lord is good unto those that wait for Him to the soul that seeketh Him. This text says there's none that seek Him. This other one says there are some. Hebrews 11.6 
through, he says, without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Sounds like me, to me, some are seeking. But man, it is by nature in a state, in his original state, is not going to seek after God. He's not going to have a under, spiritual understanding of the things of God. And there's none of those that are righteous. You see the idea? There's none that doeth good. No, not one. Sounds pretty emphatic, doesn't it? Sound, there's none that doeth good. But in the third John, verse 11, it says, He that doeth good is of God. Sounds like, what do you mean? He, one text says there's none that doeth good. This text says, He that doeth good is of God. Because he that doeth God, good is born of the Spirit of God. In the state of nature, there's none that do good. Left in his original state of nature, there's none that doeth good. No, not one. But when God makes a change, there can be those that do good. And they are of God. See the idea? We go on. Uh, there's not a... <coughs> Ecclesiastes 7.20 says, There is not a just man upon the earth which doeth good and sinneth not. Not a just man one. Well, I go over there to Genesis 6, 9. It says Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation. No just man. Not a just man upon the earth. Then we go to Matthew chapter 1, verse 19. Joseph, when he found out that Mary was with child, it says, and Joseph being a just man and not willing to make a public example of her was going to put her away privately, privately. He's a just man. We can go on. Uh, in Psalms, uh, in, Mark, in Matthew chapter 19, you remember the rich young ruler came to Jesus? Good master. This is chapter 19. Good master. What good thing might I do that I might have everlasting life? Eternal life. He says, why callest thou me good? There's none good but one. None good but one, and that is God. Well, if you leave man in his natural state, that's true. Speaking of man, there's only one good, and that's God. You back up to chapter 12, verse 35, Jesus says, A good man, out of a good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth good things. Man is natural state, there's none good. But God can make a good man. Alright? None is natural state are righteous. But by grace, there is a righteous man. And the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availed much. And the ears of the Lord are open under the Righteous, and he hears their cry. All right. <coughs> I think. Okay, so we have to rightly divide the word of truth. This scripture: Will flesh and blood inherit the kingdom? Well, in its natural state, no. Why? Because corruption doesn't inherit incorruption. He just tells us in the text. Clearly, he's talking about. Man, unchanged man in his flesh and bone body like he is now is not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God. It's not, it's not going to inherit it. It's not going to go. Not going to see it. But I'm going to show you mystery. Guess what? You're not going to be just this natural flesh and bone man anymore. But there's going to be a change. For the dead's going to be raised incorruptible. It's not corruptible anymore. God makes a change. You see. All right? I will assure you that our bodies for whom Christ died. See, He didn't just die for our spirit and soul. You understand that, right? You understand we're made up of a spirit, soul, and body. 
First Thessalonians 5.23 says, I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why preserve the body blameless if it's not going to go home to be at the Lord? You ever think about things like that? No, he says it's going to be blameless. He keeps our body, soul, and spirit under the coming of the Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ died not only for our spirit and soul, which is the real you where your consciousness lies, but he died for those bodies too, and it's called the purchased possession. Our bodies belong to him. Alright? And he's not going to leave one of them behind. Um, you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it tells us clearly that our body belongs to the Lord. He's, he's exhorting them to flee fornication. He says over there in 1 Corinthians, earlier on in this same book, he says, flee fornication, verse 18, every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. He says, what? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price. And it wasn't just your spirit and soul that animates your body. It was bought by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But your, your body was purchased as well because it's part of you. You're, you're really not a you. You're not much of a you without your body. The man, oh, I, we could branch off in a lot of things right here. But he said, goes on. He says. He says, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for you're bought with a price. You're bought with a price. Therefore, that's the price of his own precious blood. Therefore, you're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your what? Body and in your spirit, which are what? God's. Capital G-O-D apostrophe S shows possession. Well, why are they His? Because He purchased you. He bought you. You are His. Not just your spirit and soul, but also your body. And that's why I'm supposed to live for Him body, soul, and spirit. Alright? Because that body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and that body is going to come out of the grave. The same body that goes in is the same body that comes out. And there's a lot of places we could go. Uh, Philippians uh, chapter 3 talks about how he shall, we look for, uh, from hence, we, we look for the Savior who shall change our vile bodies. I'm not quoting that right. Let's turn over there to Philippians. <coughs> who shall change? There is the change. Verse 20 says, Our conversation is in heaven. That word conversation actually comes from a word which means your citizenship. We're citizens of another country. We're citizens of a country we've never been to before. But we're going to be there one day. Alright? He says, Our conversation is in heaven from which we also look for the uh, the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Are we looking for Him to come? He's going to come from heaven. And he says, Who shall change our vile bodies? Our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his own glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Alright? I'll say it again. The same body that goes in, the same body that comes out. 
But it may surprise you to know that I have talked with individuals and discussed this subject with individuals that would tell me the same body that goes in, the same body comes out, but there's not going to be any human beings in heaven. You're a different kind of being. Because that earthly flesh and blood, that that tabernacle of clay that we have, it's not going to enter in to the portals of glory. And they don't really believe in it. People who say, well, they believe in a resurrection of the dead. Let me just tell you something. This is, this is true of a lot of different subjects. When you're visiting and discussing theology and things with people, part of the problem is you may think you're on the same page with them or they're on the same page with you because you all use the same vocabulary. But the problem is they may be using a different dictionary. Alright, let that sink in. I can discuss with a no-heller that do not believe in everlasting punishment of the wicked. And there are those that are around. I've come in contact with one or two of them. Are you a no-heller? No. Do you believe in hell? Yes. Okay, well I guess that settles the matter. I heard you are a no-heller. You believe in hell? Yeah. Does that settle the matter? No. He may be using a different dictionary. Hell's just the grave. The Bible talks about hell. Hell to some people are just the grave. That's not what you ask a no-heller. You don't ask them, do you believe, are you a no-heller? Well, no, I believe there's a hell. I'm just using a different dictionary in what you mean. You ask them if they believe in the everlasting punishment of the wicked. Oh, well, they can't quite skirt that. A lot of people say, oh, I believe in salvation by grace. When you talk to them, they got a little works in there too. Everybody's going to say they believe in salvation by grace. They'll use the same, they'll use the same vocabulary as you do, but they have a different definition. Alright? That's why, you know, to the people I've talked to, and I mentioned that, I know about out of time, but, the body that goes in is the body that comes out. To their mind, the body is just like this shell, I guess. And that material, spiritual, you know, the, 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 the earthly tabernacle of clay is left behind and there's a spiritual heavenly substance of this new body that's different that comes out. People can say they believe in a like that can believe believe in a resurrection of the body. They really really believe the believe in the replacement of the body. Replacement. That's right. They say, well, it's going to be changed. Our body's going to be changed, right? I, I've said it many times. The body's going to be changed, right? It's going to be changed. Well, they're thinking out of the word changed different than what I'm thinking of the word change, in which I believe the Bible is talking about. These vile bodies are going to be changed and fashioned like unto his own glorious body. That same body is going to be changed and transformed from corruptible to incorruptible, from mortal to immortality. It's that same physical substance that goes in is coming out. But when they think of the word change, they use it like like we do. We use it in this way, like when I talk about changing the oil. 
I change the I change the oil in my car. Seven thousand miles. I try to do it religiously. If I'm I'm using synthetic, it used to be three thousand, but anyway, uh, I try to change my oil. Well, what do I mean by that? I really am meaning that I exchange my oil, the old for the new, right? I mean, I don't take that old oil out and change it in some way and put it back, right? Now you throw it away. But we call it changing our oil. What we really mean is that it's replacing our oil, the old for the new. But we call that changing the oil. That's how some people view the resurrection. Oh, the Bible says we're going to be changed. Yeah, you're going to be changed. You're going to be swapped out. No, my friends. We come out of that grave, it's going to be the you that you've been looking in the mirror at all these years. Now, you're going to look different. And you're going to be different. But it's the same vile body that's been fashioned like in his own glorious body. And I, I'm going to, I've got to cut it short here. <coughs> we'll just see. If we go to... Um, Let's go to Luke chapter 24. The same body that goes in is the same body that comes out. The same substance that goes in is the same substance that comes out. Let me give you a couple of verses. Here in Luke chapter 20, 24, we find the Lord Jesus Christ. When He came out of the grave, when He, came, when he was resurrected out of the grave, He came with His... Let's just read it. In verse 36, chapter 24 of Luke, it says, And they thus spake, and as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are ye troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? He says, Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh, and bones as ye see me have. Jesus had what? Flesh and bone. When he came out of the grave. On the other side. In the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Alright? See. The same man. This same Jesus. That was crucified on the cross. In his humanity. as the, And also deity as the God man. That same Jesus. We find in Acts chapter 2 that same Jesus whom you have crucified, God hath made both Lord and Christ. That man. There's a man in heaven today and it's Jesus. He's Jesus of Nazareth. And he says over there in, in uh, Revelation 22 about verse 16, he says, I am Jesus. Let me just go over and read that. I know I'm going a little long. Bear with me here. He says, I am Jesus. I, Jesus. Have sent mine angel to testify to you these things in the churches. He says, I am the root and offspring of David, the bright and morning star. He was still the root and offspring of David because the man Christ Jesus is in heaven today. Colossians 2 9 says, In him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He has a body in heaven today. For that man, when he had offered one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. You'll find that in Hebrews chapter 10, about verse 12. 13 or 14 right there, right? This man. Alright, this man. There's a man in heaven today in his human body. He still is the God-man. And 
he saw him there. Uh, John saw him there in Revelation when he heard this voice behind him saying, I'm Alpha Omega, the beginning and the end. He turned and he saw him. He didn't look like he did like he did on earth. He's in a glorified God-man stood before him. And he fell down at his feet as dead. And he said, rise and stand upon thy feet. He says, he says, rise. He says, I am he that liveth and was dead. See, that's, that's the man, that's, that's the man Christ Jesus. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. But he also said, I am the first and I am the last. He's Jehovah God. But he's Jehovah God. He's the God man, Jesus Christ. My friends, we have a man in heaven today. There's only one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. He is there in his body, with his human glorified body, all right, as Jehovah God manifest in the flesh right now. And he's the first fruits. Afterwards, they that are his is coming. God, we find the Lord Jesus Christ says this in John 6, 39. He says, this is the will of him which has sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. The only thing he's going to raise up again out of the grave at the last day is our bodies. And if you want one text you, that, that, that will uh, forever silence or that it will confound those who do not believe that these mortal bodies ever are resurrected to go home to be at the Lord, you read Romans chapter 8 verse 11. It talks about the Spirit. Let's just, let's just close with that one. Romans chapter 8, 11. He says, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. What's going to be quickened in the resurrection of the dead? It's the mortal body. It's that mortal body that went in that's made alive and changed and made immortal. It's corruptible, but it's made in, it, it's made incorruptible, you see. But what body is it that's quickened? It's that mortal body that died. That corruptible mortal body is made alive, but it's changed and goes home to be at the Lord in the resurrection in that day. May God bless you.